On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we will be discussing our college game day experience as BC played Clemson over the weekend, and then we will be discussing some NBA and NFL and some college basketball. Let's get into it. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Senior Quotes Podcast live on WZBC Sports. I'm your host, Aiden Braddock, and I'm joined by Jack Coleman. Jack, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, tough weekend for us, BC, losing to Clemson. Hyped up college game day. We were both out there. 4 a.m. in the morning, we got up, made it down to Stokes, where everything was set up. Really awesome. Really great experience. Uh, the signs were great. Everything about that day was just pretty pretty cool to be able to to see you know you, you see it all the time on tv and when it's actually at your school it's it's really awesome yeah it was so much fun um getting up wasn't great but we were almost planning on staying up that whole night and then we realized around like two o'clock we couldn't really do it so we took like a two-hour nap really and then uh found ourselves out there waiting on stokes like jack said and by the time 9 o'clock rolled around, and even before that, uh, we were kind of interacting with Coach Corso out there um, when he held up the Clemson and BC helmets and kind of teased us on who he was going to choose um, later in the show. Uh, he pointed at us. No big deal. Like, he pointed no, directly he did. at he, us. I like, believe I gave him a thumbs yep. up, and he gave me one right yep. back. So, I was, officially I was, recognized. Yeah. Senior Quotes is officially recognized by Corso. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, totally. Yeah. Uh, it was so much fun. Definitely worth getting out there, even though we left, what, like an hour into the show? Uh, hour and a half, I believe. Okay. Around 10, 30, 11. Yeah. Uh, definitely not 11. Uh, somewhere near there. My legs couldn't make it that far. Yeah. Uh, it, it was kind of tiring. But, yeah, so much fun. Uh, completely worth it. And uh, game itself it. was really hype. Uh, oh, yeah. Leading up to it, you know, we, we thought we maybe had a chance with that uh, the punt return touchdown. Then Anthony Brown, the, the Anthony Brown injury really kind of – you know, completely derailed completely us. Completely derailed us. It was rough. I do believe that maybe not necessarily we would have won, but that game would have been a lot closer and a much better game if we did have Anthony Brown in. So pretty rough, pretty rough. The, uh, the scoreline did not show how um, close of a game it really was. Uh, I think we gave them a very good competition and came very close to uh, beating the spread at least, and that's with our backup quarterback who really struggled out there in prime time. Um the punt return touchdown at the start of the game was one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Uh, to put us up, we were winning at one point in that game, and the entire crowd went crazy. We were falling down bleachers at that point. Uh, everyone was jumping up and down. And it's just that kind of energy that makes you a sports fan and like is why we do this and why we're so in love with following our teams and waiting for those awesome moments to be a fan and just to get excited for seeing that stuff. Uh, obviously, there's the ups and downs, and... The downside of that night was the big loss we took, but BC still ranked, and with wins over Florida State and Syracuse, which are easier said than done, uh, we should be looking to at least compete in a really good bowl and finish the season ranked. Yeah, definitely, and there's always hope for next year. Hopefully this isn't going to be another, what, nine, ten-year drought for college game day to come back. Hopefully we can establish a precedent and really have them back next year. That would be awesome, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know I've looked at the schedule. I don't know what our like toughest home game is next year. Maybe if Florida State uh, rebuilds their program and we're playing well, that could be one of them. You just got to think any of the ACC games we're playing on the road this year, we'll be at home next year. Yep. So Florida State could be a big one. NC State if they're playing well. Uh, I'm just really excited to Never finish this Virginia year. Virginia Tech, too. Virginia Tech, yeah. I mean, the ACC is full of surprises, and this year uh, we were one of the surprises. And honestly, we've put together a respectable season no matter what. Um, and we'll play in a bowl game, and hopefully we win that. So, yeah, uh, that's our little BC segment. Um, college game day was so much fun, and we can't wait for the next one. But to get into our show, um, we've got three quotes each. And, you know, Shaq, it's, you usually describe it. You want to describe the show? Yeah, sure thing. All right, so this is Senior Quotes. Aiden and I bring three sports-related quotes into each episode. The other guy needs to guess who it's about and who said it or what it's about, and a half point is awarded for each part of that question right. And whoever has the most points at the end of the episode wins. All right? All right. So I'll start off with my first. Awesome. It's really quick, um, or a really short quote, rather. 
uh, and it's about the NFL. So just tell me who said it and who he's talking about. There's going to be two blanks. It's the same person. Just tell me who said it and who it's about. It has to go to the offensive line tonight, and it has to go to blank. Blank was phenomenal. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to – that's so, like, vague. Like, I feel like that can be, like, pretty much any, other, like, given team. Uh, I'm just – I'm going to say Eli and the Giants win. I don't know. Well, there's two names. Okay. So at least give yourself a chance at them both. So Eli's your first guess, and who's the other? Wait, so what was it? Say it again. It has to go to the offensive line tonight, and it has to go to blank. Blank was phenomenal. So it's two different people? No, no, no. The, the, who said it, and then who's the same, who's the person that's mentioned twice there? Um, I mean, I was thinking Eli was both of the blanks just because, okay. like. That's a half point. That's correct. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say Odell. Yeah. So right, awesome. I think it helps you out a little bit there, yeah. but I'll give you the full point for sure. Let's be homers as usual, and let's talk about that Giants win last night. Uh, you are very hopeful that we can follow what Odell said and go 8-0 and for the last oh, eight games I'm of the season. Oh, I'm not hopeful at all. Okay, but you're you're standing by them even still. I'm absolutely 100% okay. standing by it. If Odell says that we're going to win out the rest of the season, then I'm, until we lose, that is my mindset. So... I'm living and dying with Odell right now, and the moment we lose, then I'm looking towards the draft. But I was looking towards the draft before this, and now Odell revitalized the season. We won, like he said we would, and so now I believe that we're winning out the season. Not really, but yes. All right. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm already looking towards the draft. I've been looking towards the draft since the season started, to be honest. But at the same time, it was good to see us win. It's just like... It was against the Niners. The Niners are they had the same record as we did. I think we were both one and seven going into last no, night's I, game. I think they were two and I don't think so. I think yeah, we both had one they win. Two, they were two che- fact check me on that, but now we, we should we can beat a team that's as abysmal as we are, but um at least we saw some the bright spots of this team and you know what we can look forward to in the future. But I just it, it wasn't enough to get me excited about the Giants. I mean, obviously as a fan I was excited to see that we won by four points, but to be honest, I didn't even have the game turned on last night yeah, when it started. Niners, Niners were two and seven before the loss. Okay, all right. So they, yeah, now we both have two wins. I mean, it, it, I don't know. It, it's just been a disappointing season. Uh, I agree with you that actually, I don't know. I would rather see us go two and fourteen at this point than nine and seven because I don't think we're gonna do anything in the playoffs, even if we win and go 9-7. and seven. I really don't think there's any major... If, if what we're looking for is a quarterback, I really don't think there's a major rush to absolutely tank because I am of the belief that we can find someone... If, if we're looking in this draft for someone, I believe that we can find that person at a relatively medium spot. Like, I really don't think there's any rush to get... to absolutely tank where you're the number one pick because I don't believe a quarterback will be in the top five at all in this draft. Well, if we're in the top five, we're going to take one. That's my take. Yeah, uh, but it, again, like... Otherwise, if, uh, yeah. If we're in the top ten, like, we can still get one of probably the two the best quarterbacks yeah. of the draft, if not the best quarterback. Yeah, probably. Because um, part of me does agree with your take, which is taking an offensive lineman this year, no matter where you're at. I just don't think this is a good offensive line class, just like it's not really a great quarterbacks class. And I'd rather have a quarterback to develop now before Eli officially retires. Though, to be honest, I've heard rumors we cut him this year after this year. Eli Manning. Uh, and it's it's honestly possible because we would just get rid of the end of that cap hit and just look towards the future. Uh, maybe sign Teddy Bridgewater or somebody. You know, yeah, there, Teddy Bridgewater is the person I really want to be on the Giants. Yeah. And I feel like he's still a player that can be elite. So I think if we were to land him in a trade and, you know, he's one of those guys that gets injured every year. So once he would get injured, maybe give Laletta some time. I, that's an ideal scenario as we build up our line next year. I, I wouldn't mind that at all. Personally, that's my go-to Giants fan take on everything. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Um, you don't want to have a quarterback. Like I like Bridgewater a lot. You just don't want to have a quarterback or a player at all who you are banking on getting hurt every season. Um, and it's true. You're right. He is one of those guys who does get hurt so often. I just think Bridgewater has more to give in this league, and right now he's behind both Bridge or excuse me, both Breeze and Taysom Hill really with the Saints because Hill comes in a lot and plays a very interesting like college type role with the Saints where he's like an option quarterback who never throws the ball, 
he just runs an option himself or hands it off. And it's really cool. I like that. He's like a gadget player. Saints are legit. Yeah. Like, Saints are the real deal. Like They are a good team. Totally. I'm very excited to see them in the playoffs this year. But then they don't have space for Bridgewater in that offense. Mm-hmm. You know, so good thing he only signed a one-year deal because, I mean, he, he hasn't shown anything this year because he's barely gotten any snaps, if any at all. But uh, I definitely think there will be a home for him uh, this coming offseason. Yeah. Giants could definitely be that home. We also need to see how the season goes for the Saints. Like, if the Saints were to win a Super Bowl, does that mean Drew Brees retires on oh, top? Oh, sure. Like, I can easily see that happening, and I do believe Teddy Bridgewater can be an elite franchise quarterback. So maybe they'll just pass the torch on to him if Drew, be- Drew Brees was to leave. So we, we need to see how it plays out. But Bridgewater is someone that I would definitely like to look towards. Even Tyrod Taylor, I would not mind. I believe that he's a pretty good quarterback. He was doing well with the Browns this year. He led the Bills to the playoffs last year. For the time being, I would not mind having him on the Giants. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I mean, I don't think there's much more to say about that. Uh, um, in anything- other, yeah, in other, other NFL, so Le'Veon Bell did not report today. Well, I was about to say, uh, no, actually, I don't have a quote on that. But I was going to okay. say, maybe save the other NFL topics till I get through my second right, one right, later. Um Eh, you know what? I, I, I spoiled it. We don't have a Le'Veon yet. How about you set the scene real quick? i got to grab my computer charger. All right, sure thing. <laughs> so set the Le'Veon Bell scene. Sure I'm a thing. very upset fantasy <laughs> owner about this, by the way. So I'm, I'm probably just as upset as you are. Yeah, yeah. so very upset as well. Uh, I was waiting down the clock. Four o'clock today, Le'Veon had to check in with the Steelers and make an appearance, and he would be able to play out the rest of the year. Uh, there was some money involved, too. I don't have the exact numbers, but... Le'Veon did not show. He will not be playing the rest of the year. And we're going to, I assume, for the upcoming episodes in the future, be talking about where that potential landing spot is. I personally can see him ending up maybe on the Jets, giving Sam Darnold some help. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is getting older. You could see him wind up on the Raiders. There's always the possibility of the Pats wanting him. That's a big-time move if Brady is still around. Who knows? But yeah, Le'Veon Bell not returning with the Steelers. Me as a fantasy owner, um, I made a in my main league made a high risk, high reward trade. Trade away DeAndre Hopkins for Bell in the hope that I would have him for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I do not. But I think I'll still be all right. But pretty pretty rough as a fantasy owner. I know a lot of people are upset over it. As a guy who in both my leagues took him in the first round, um, and honestly, I'm not paying attention to one of them, so not really upset there. But in the one I really care about, I'm lucky to be, what, are, what am I, 7-2, and 8-2? and two? I put together a good team around him, which I really lucked out with, but uh, really disappointed because I think Le'Veon Bell, and I, I think Matthew Berry said this, the ESPN fantasy analyst, I think he is the worst uh, fantasy pick ever because he was going number one, number two, whether you liked him or Gurley better in pretty much every single league, even when this rumor that he might sit out the first few weeks was still, like, was, was already apparent. Um, it's crazy to think that he's passing up on nearly 14 or $15 million this year to stay healthy and uh, hopefully um, get a major deal in the offseason. So I was going to ask you this, and I'll, I'll throw in my two cents after. Do you think it's a smart decision on Le'Veon Bell's side to sit out an entire season in your free agent year? Um, I actually like the move. I'm not going to lie. As a fan, what he's giving up, though, $14 million. Yeah, I, I think it comes to a point when you're a major athlete like that and one of the best in the league where, like, money starts to not matter. Okay. I believe that waiting out a season, remaining healthy before free agency, so you are at the top of your game. I mean, not the top of the game, top of his game where, like, he's been playing, but top of physical condition where he's coming into a season feeling healthy not having any injuries, I think that's something really good and really valuable for teams when they're looking uh, to try and get him. But at the same time, he is uh, losing out on some money. I, I That's about it for me, though. Like, I really don't see it being that big of an issue. Like, I, I think it was the move to make. Although I hated the move, I like it. Um, here's how I feel. Uh, the part that I do like about it is that running backs have very short career uh timelines i guess or like so many years that they can play i don't want to say lifespan but career spans i guess uh and so to stay healthy and save one of those years in order to have more value in the coming off season that makes sense however um the flip side is you're passing up on 14 million dollars which is probably the most money you're gonna get per year anyway in the off season 
And I don't totally agree with you. I think Le'Veon is still about the money in this case. He wants a long-term deal where he's guaranteed that money for multiple years as opposed to just this one. So I guess it makes sense in that regard. However, this isn't helping his case much because all the Steelers' success that we thought was attributed to Bell's performances, I mean, they fall on James Conner now. Conner's proved himself as a top-five running back, fantasy-wise at least, maybe already like in the top ten uh, in the NFL in general. But um, Le'Veon Bell still has undeniable talent, uh, arguably the best running back in the league up there with Gurley. And he'll definitely have interest in the free agency. I just think now there's a side of drama that you can't look past. Uh, However, maybe he is showing commitment to his future team. Because I think he played his last snap with the Steelers last year, and he's never going to re-sign with them in a million years. Um, I don't know. Uh, It'll really be something interesting to watch. And more drama is better for uh, the NFL to get yet another interesting storyline. But yeah, so do you want to dive into your first quote, and we'll return to the NFL in a bit later? Yeah, um, I also meant to say that when I said that it wasn't about the money, like, yeah, like, in terms of long-term money and getting a major contract, like, that is a big deal to him. And when you are that top player, like, even with Odell, like, he wanted to lock down that major contract. And I think that star players like this, the NFL is bringing in so much money that they do deserve top, top dollar for for the talent that they are and you know 14 million or whatever is chump change to when you get a major almost quarterback level contract sure no i agree with that um but he's definitely not ignoring money at this point i just think it's really interesting that you pass up on eight digits you know 14 million dollars uh just to play a season and show that you still got it but staying healthy might be his biggest uh, priority and it makes sense for a guy who's going to hit the market soon so yeah We'll just have to keep watching that with great interest, you know. Uh, but, yeah, over to your first, qu- uh, first quote. Excuse right. me. Uh, so we're going to start out with – so only basketball for me today. Okay. So we're going to start out with college hoops. So we're going to – well, it's sort of college hoops, so you'll see. Interesting. It, the person who said this is in the NBA, but it's about a college player. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So – I saw some kid on blank last night who was pretty impressive. I probably can't say anything more. I thought LeBron, I thought that was a one-shot deal, but apparently the next guy is coming. Before I get fined, I'm going to change the subject. Um, I, I remember hearing this. I just am struggling to remember who said it. Uh, I'll take my half point to start. It's definitely about Zion Williamson and Duke. Yes. Um, and it's clearly not LeBron. I think it's actually a coach. I want to say Greg Popovich. Close. It's actually Steve Kerr. Okay. It was, I oh, was very close. Those very two, close. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about Zion. We didn't really get a chance to discuss his first couple of games um, or his first opening night. The opening night would have been our last uh, uh, broadcast that got canceled. Right. But we so, did get to go to uh, the BC basketball game and we had a blast there. Yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, that team's still undefeated. So good start for them. Close but games, though. Getting yeah. to Zion. Um, he's been awesome. Zion is as good as we thought he would be. He's the real deal. His physicality, incredible. His points that he, he puts up off the charge, charts. His blocks are filthy. He's rebounding insane. Zion is awesome. Zion should be in the NBA. If there wasn't a one-and-done thing, Zion should be in the NBA right now, without a doubt. Um, yeah, nothing you said there. Uh, I, I don't disagree with anything you said there. Yeah, uh, he is so much fun to watch. Um, I can't say he single-handedly led Duke to that win over, uh, was it Kentucky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he's surrounded by stars. And we were like almost critiquing his decision to go to Duke because we thought he wouldn't be able, or all those players wouldn't be able to showcase their individual talents uh, by surrounding themselves with other top stars. Everybody looked awesome in these first few games. I don't, I don't think that's true anymore. I think they can definitely all show that they are surefire NBA prospects, uh, even while playing together. And, I mean, I think you have to give it up for Coach K for bringing this team together and really making it mesh and work. But I don't know why we were so concerned in the first place. Like, when you really break down each position, like you have Zion. like That's your powerful big man who can score. You have R.J. Barrett. That's your guard who can light up. The light up the scoreboard and absolutely dominate. Then you have, uh, what is it, Cam Reddish, who is 
amazing at threes. You break that down, that's basically all parts of basketball. Yeah. You have every aspect of the game, and if everyone does their own thing to the best of their ability, then it works, and you don't really need to worry about chemistry as much. It's all about each of them having individual aspects that all, when they're perfect, blend to make the greatest kind of basketball. Yeah, and then you just add Coach K to the mix. Uh, and honestly, we might be looking at an unstoppable force in college basketball. Uh, they're now ranked number one, as they completely should be. Um, and I, I'm really expecting to see a lot, a lot of awesome stuff from them. I'm really upset that they do not come to BC this season. Uh, I'm sure they'll have some good players next year, but none of these three. They'll all be declaring for the NBA draft for sure. Without a doubt, the latest NBA draft has them all going one, two, and three. And this is the poll I put up. So do we Let's think that results, yeah. the Duke freshmen are going to be the top three picks of the draft? So I voted no. I, I just I think there are other players such as uh, Nasir Little for UNC, um, Romeo Langford from Indiana. Uh, there's a third. I mean, those two guys, I think, give the biggest threat to a guy like Cam Reddish to go number three. Uh, I just think Barrett and Zion are going to end up being the top two. I mean, it is so early. Breakout stars have six months, really, to uh, show their worth in the uh, NBA. Uh, we don't know if there's the next Trey Young. We don't know if the next Steph Curry is going to come out there. Um, and March Madness also makes the stars, too. So a lot of time, but in terms of just raw talent, we might be looking at the top three picks. I so voted no, though. I voted yes. And so let's break down the votes. We had 16 votes, so really good, getting a lot of votes now with our polls. 16 votes, uh, 62% said no, like you did, and 38% said yes. So I said yes because I believe Cam Reddish. So I do think that Zion and RJ Barrett will be a one and two. I think those two are just pure scorers, and they're, they realistically should be in the NBA right now, and they could be if uh, the one-and-done deal wasn't a thing. But Cam Reddish, I think, is a great player who's going to really turn up in March Madness. He's that guy that can really light up a fire under a team and give you the the three-point bucket when you need it in a tournament. So I really think that he is going to get all the hype in some form during the tournament or in multiple games during the tournament. So I think he can be that three spot. And screw it, I'm just going to say that all three of them will go one, two, three. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible, especially looking at it in that light. Um and yet another reason to look towards Duke is the team to watch this year at College Hoops. I mean, there are other teams as well, for sure, um, to watch out for. But right now, I think we'd both say Duke are our national champion picks, right? Yeah. Uh, and as, an, as a Knicks fan, I'm really hoping to land one of the three in the draft. I would love one of them. I Ideally, R.J. Barrett, I believe, would be the perfect fit. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to switch it up, actually, and go NBA now, since we're talking about basketball. Uh, and then I'll finish off my NFL later. Okay, uh, kind of a long quote. Uh, just tell me who said it and who's about. He's the heart and soul of our program, so a really tough blow. I feel for him. He's had a fantastic start to the season. He's obviously made a huge jump. I just know if anybody's coming back from this, knowing the human, the character, the person, the player, he'll come back from this. Uh, this is about Chris LeVert. And I'm just going to correct you now. Karis LeVert. Oh, my bad. Karis LeVert. <laughs> Karis LeVert, and I was just calling him LeVert. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, whatever the Nets coach name is, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, I'll give you a full point. Save your time. It, it is uh, Kenny Atkinson, Kenny Atkinson uh, talking about Karis LeVert. I really, really want to talk about this topic because there's been some good news today about it, but overall, just so sad for any team, and especially for me as a Brooklyn Nets fan, to see a budding star uh, who's you know breaking, having a breakout season early in the year, uh, go down with a really disgusting injury. Uh, you never want to see that for anybody. Um, Derek Rose, who was on the court for this moment, you know, brings back memories of his own. Also, like Paul George, um, Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward, who you know, Kevin Ware. Fun, fun fact for the college. Fun fact: Derek Rose is on the court for George. Gordon Hayward and Levert's injuries. That's rough. Yeah, uh, and his own, of course. But so just really disappointing. The Nets have been actually a solid team around the eighth spot in the East so far, and all the credit would go to Levert uh, and just this awesome culture that uh, Kenny Atkinson has set for this team. But to see him go down last night and both Timberwolves and Nets players alike close to tears at that injury, you know, is just not what you want to see in any sport whatsoever. 
Um, luckily, the good news today is that he somehow did not break a bone in that injury. It was just a dislocated foot. Yeah, somehow he didn't injure, uh, or excuse me, damage the cartilage too bad um, in his foot or ankle, and so he will only be missing about three to four months, hopefully. Uh, but it's expected that he will come back this season. And Levert, you have to look back into his history and see what Kenny Atkinson's talking about. He went to Michigan and had two or three foot surgeries while he was there, yet he still played well enough to become a first-round pick and turn into, you know, go from a bench player to the star of the Nets so far this season. So, as Kenny says here, if anyone can bounce back, it's Karis LeVert. Uh, as a Knicks fan, you saw a buzzer-beating, game-winning shot by LeVert in their first matchup against each other. How do you feel about this injury? Uh, do you think he was the most improved player so far? I would have said yes. Yeah, without a doubt, I definitely think LeVert is or was the heart and soul of that Nets team as they are in their own rebuild. You never want to see it with any player. This was actually the first injury that I didn't see live. I had seen <laughs> Kevin Ware, Gordon Hayward. Paul uh, George? Yeah, you Paul did, George. didn't you? I had seen the Paul George one live. I had tuned. I had actually been watching the USA game. So this was the first one, kind of happy. They've all been disgusting and foul. Yeah. Um, and having played basketball in my past, like, you know, landing a certain way, like, you, you know exactly how when they land, like, you can tell how clean of a break it is and, and just how close, like, I've been in moments myself where I've landed and, like, landed awkwardly where, like, I know how turning a, a certain way or landing a different way can really just absolutely decimate someone's body. So, yeah. really, really terrible. And you never want to see it. And I I do believe that Levert will come back and be just as good and in the future will be the star this team really needs. I, I'm not too worried. I'm glad that he'll be back later this season yeah i mean it was awesome just to see the uh all the stars of the nba tweet out their uh support for him you know lebron chris paul Dwayne wade paul george of course and then even like the knicks alonzo trier and Kristaps were uh tweeting out for you know really a rival but it's just you don't want to see this happen to anybody in the sport um and it's great to see the nba how they support one another as players I know we've talked about in the past, do we want the 90s type of basketball to come back where the rivalries are rivalries and you don't want to see players get back from these in or you don't want to wish injury on anyone, but it's it's like you don't see people tweeting for respect or, you know, saying their respect in the media like they do now. Um, I, for one, appreciate that. I don't know if that's something, if you feel differently there. Um, well, I don't know. I love the 90s fights and beefs i think that's really awesome and i think we still get that to an extent yeah you see that with russell westbrook and kevin durant every time they play some other players speaking of kevin durant i don't have this as a quote oh yeah but major major trouble in paradise but between the warriors yep so the warriors last night i really wasn't watching so i don't really know what exactly happened but kevin durant and draymond green were going at it i believe the team was laying into draymond for i don't know questionable choices oh, towards the end oh, of the game no or, i know what pressure i know i know what the play uh was i just don't remember seeing all the uh drama after draymond i forgot what team they played against but the other team airballs a three with like five or six seconds left draymond gets the rebound rushes up the court and i guess kd was open on this play and uh draymond didn't look up instead he loses the ball dives on top of it but that's the end of the quarter end of regular time and uh, Katie was furious that he made this mistake in crunch time. And, you know, Katie said he thought he could have put it away there. Um, and then the two got into an argument on the bench where Draymond called him out for uh, being a pending free agent or something. Somehow that came into the discussion. Which I love because uh, that's good for me. Yeah, because yeah. obviously not only is <clears throat> that something that is on the table, like Kevin Durant could leave this team. But the fact that Draymond is bringing it up and the fact that this team is so close, if you are hurt in any kind of relationship, you are going to bring out the dirt. Mm. So that means that this has been oh. talked about in private about Kevin Durant's pending free agency and where if he's going to return. So by Draymond bringing this up, it really makes me think now more than ever that, and I've been of this belief for a while now, like literally start of last year. I remember... When we had started this show, I, I had brought it up very, very, very early that Kevin Durant will be leaving the Warriors. And even more so now, I do think that he will be leaving, especially after this. 
Draymond was another guy that I thought would leave, so maybe it could be him leaving. But it is officially Trouble in Paradise alert, and the Warriors, I guess not even really that much of a hot take anymore, in some extent will lose one of their starting five. All right, does this does this drama now affect their title hopes down the road? Because the team's going to stick together, in my opinion. I mean, things can easily change. But through the trade deadline and through this season, I think the uh, five of them stick together. So do you think it affects their chances at winning this season? Yes, to an extent. I believe that if you start letting that drama get in the way and you're playing a team like, say, the Celtics, who are so bonded together and will always... You know, because it's a young team, too, they will have each other's backs. And even... You, you know, you don't even know if Kyrie Irving will be staying or leaving with that team. But the fact that he says that he will stay for this season when there's title hopes still in the balance and everything, that goes to show you that he cares about this current team and believes they can win currently. So I think that, yeah, if this gets in the way in the future, it can be detrimental in a, in a game seven or a game six where everything is on the line, you know? So I don't know. I fully believe it's trouble in paradise and the Warriors are put on notice. Draymond also is suspended for yeah. tonight's game. Without pay. Without pay for his comment. So whether that's a move by the Warriors to, I don't know, appease Kevin Durant or uh, I don't know. No, I just think you can't disrespect your own player like that. I, I, I mean, think... Jimmy Butler did it on a consistent basis, <laughs> and he didn't get in trouble. Oh, uh, uh, I hope you don't have a Jimmy Butler quote, but when he said uh, – that he thought he was fine in the locker room unless his teammates are fake because he was saying, like, they, they treated him fine. When you go out there with your third stringers on you and you beat the starters, of course they're not going to say anything to you. You flat-out embarrass them. Uh, but that's something that might come up. I don't know if you have that quote, but uh, do you not? Can we talk about this real quick? I don't know. We're gonna have to All right, go to your quote then. <laughs> Let's not spoil anything. All right. Sorry, I just lost everything. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. This is a NBA quote, so now I have two NBA quotes coming up. I think that defensively and with the physicality that he plays with and he replicates, he mirrors the spirit of blank. Oh. So this wow. is whoa, the, whoa. So, three so, parts here. So the blank is a city. So whatever city the team wow. plays in. And then who is it about and who said it? Oh. Alright, I'm gonna go all in and say it's about Jimmy Butler. It's about Philadelphia. And it's I guess Brett Brown. Yep. So, I mean, okay. it's uh, I don't know. Half, two half points. Oh, no. No, way. I was trying to figure out, like, the Philadelphia part. But, like, that's basically Jimmy Butler because he was going to Philly. I just had to, like, oh. leave that part out. Okay. Like, it wasn't three. Oh, 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 oh. You know I mean? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, long way of saying it, but whatever. Jimmy Butler, Philadelphia, big trade over the weekend. Jimmy Butler is now a sixer. The Sixers gave up Dario Saric and... Uh, Rocco, Robert yeah, Covington. If, if Quinn's listening right now, I would expect to call in anytime soon to talk about Dario Saric leaving because that that's disappointing for him and for Sixers fans. But um, on the flip side, uh, a dominant all-star who fits a role that, in my opinion, the Sixers did not have on their team, fills right in, and now we're looking at a possible East favorite. Yeah. I mean, the Celtics are still there, but, you know. Well, and the Raptors. But, I, but yeah. I really think that Jimmy Butler fits great with the 76ers. You know how he would had been calling out the Timberwolves players for not having enough heart not playing? Like, you get heart when you get Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid will leave it all out there on the line. Ben Simmons is not one that's going to go down without a fight. Like, this is a gritty young team, and I think Jimmy Butler fits perfectly. So this is a... This is a very explosive team, too, I feel like. Like, I feel like if you can get the three of those guys going, you can get Markel Fultz actually involved fully in this offense. I think this is a potential championship team. Yeah. And a playoff contender. Yeah, no, they will be in the playoffs. But. Definitely in the playoffs. Um, the East, in my opinion, is has a few stronger teams than we were expecting. Because the Raptors and the Bucks, the Bucks are really doing well. I think, if, if I remember correctly, they are like 9-3 and three or something. Uh, I can check that in a sec, but uh, Giannis is playing like an MVP. Then you got Kawhi in Toronto. And then, of course, the Celtics and now the Sixers. We have four teams who I think would all give the Warriors a run for their money. You know, But do you think there's a team in the East that now could beat the Warriors? Yeah, I, I still think that the Celtics can win. And I think the Celtics may win this year in, a, in maybe six games or seven. I'm going to say seven for now. 
But I, yeah, I do think that the Celtics will beat the Warriors this year. And I also think that the Raptors with Lowry and Kawhi, that's a very formidable opponent. You never know with Giannis, that's a young team too. The Bucks, I think they can give them a run for their money. I don't think that they'll win. Mm. But ideally, I think that it could be a close, closer than the Cavs-Warriors, but Raptors-Warriors finals, and then a potential upset with the Celtics beating the Warriors. Yeah. Um, have you seen the Eastern Conference standings recently? No, is it? The yeah, Raptors, was Raptors are 12-2. Yeah. and two. The Bucks are 10-3. and three. The Celtics are only 7-6. and six. Yeah, they had a slow start, Very. but I... Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you still have Kyrie Irving. You still have that young base. Oh, yeah. Jason Tatum, absolutely filthy. It's like it's not like I haven't not heard from the Celtics. Like, I've seen right. multiple highlights. It, it's, it doesn't matter this early in the season anyway. You know, like, you know who will be in the playoffs. You know who, who will be making a push. I'm not worried. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know. I, we always give these random predictions every show. But if we're going to talk NBA Finals... I think, I don't know. This is really tough because <laughs> it is so early. And I really do think any of those four teams we just mentioned could go to the finals uh, and put up a really good fight in the Eastern Conference, which I think may end up being one of the best series, the Eastern Conference finals. I don't know. If I had to get, put a prediction out, I'd still stick with the Celtics getting there. But I'm going to say Warriors in six right now. Uh, they'd also put up a good fight. I agree with you there. But I just don't think the Celtics have it yet. I feel like I'm contradicting myself in the past shows, though, because we really do talk about this every show. Uh, for the, for this episode, I'll say the Warriors win. Um, but, yeah, so what's up? Do I have my last quote now? Yeah, sure thing. All right. So it's another NFL one. Uh, you just got to say who said it and who it's about. Kind of a similar topic to my NBA one earlier. Uh, here we go. It's a huge loss for our football team. He's such an important part of what we do and a great football player, a great person. And it's tough. But fortunately, we've got guys that are ready to step up. Oh, God. I'm trying to think who got injured. This is from this past weekend? Yes, it is. And it's a team that we have often talked about on the show. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> It's going to kill me because I literally, I know, oh, man. <laughs> this sucks. I literally was talking about whatever this was earlier today, too. Well, we talk about the Chiefs a lot. Oh, God. <laughs> it's going to kill me. Any guesses? Any... Um, who else have we talked about? Chiefs. Um, I don't know. I feel like we've just been doing a lot of Chiefs talk. I disagree. Chiefs. Pats. Chiefs, Pats, Giants. Uh, let's get a guess real quick. Any any names? I literally have no idea. Uh, I'm drawing a complete <coughs> blank. I don't want to say it because like it's gonna be so much more wrong, and I know what it is. So no answer for this one. No answer. No answer. It might it's be. Whack. It might be the first time ever on this show. Oh, this is so annoying. I literally was talking <laughs> about this earlier. Put and I'm putting N A on the sheet. Um, it's Sean McVay, the Rams. Yeah. Do you want to? It won't count. Do you have a guess now that you know it's the Rams? <coughs> who am I thinking? Oh, I can, I literally can't think of his name. <laughs> it, it was who I was thinking of, though. I just can't. You're so close. Come on. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. It's over the D. It's, it's Cooper Cup. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was not who I was thinking of. Who I was thinking someone else. Um, I don't know. This is Cooper Cup. He had... And non-contact injury yeah. towards ACL. Oh, God. Who am I thinking? Someone got injured besides <laughs> You can look. Him. I need to look at this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jeez. I'm going to talk about this real quick because we do talk about the Rams all the time. Uh, we've been hyping up this coming Monday Night Football matchup, Rams versus Chiefs, as a potential Super Bowl preview. Uh, but now the Rams take a huge blow and lose one of their top wide receivers. Um, they have a core with Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods as well, which is what Sean McFay is referring to there. But... Cooper Cup gone for definitely the rest of the season, uh, which really hurts the passing core of this team. I, I guess my question to you as you continue to look this up, but do you think even with this injury, and I don't know if they, they were your NFC champion favorites to begin with. Yeah, they were. 
are they still? Um, it's a it's a rough hit, no doubt. But I think I'm still gonna ride with them. I really like Jared Goff this season, and I think Todd Gurley has been unstoppable. And Todd Gurley is potentially the MVP, if not the MVP. So I'm still gonna ride with them. Okay. Um. For me, I've been really impressed by the Saints recently. They haven't lost since week one against the Buccaneers, uh, a game that tore Jack apart since he picked the Saints in his uh, Pick'em League. Or what is that called? What is, what is that called? The Saints? In yeah, the... remember week one? Oh, uh, oh. Um, it's like a, I don't know. It's like a pool, like the, a, de- a yeah, dead pool league, basically. There you go, yeah. Um, since then, they've looked unstoppable, and Drew Brees is also making a push for the MVP award this year. Um, I literally cannot <laughs> find who I was thinking of. All right, I'm going to put down and say my pick for the NFC right now is the Saints with uh, Cup going down. I was thinking of Ronald Darby. Oh, another big injury there. Yeah. Uh, he was on the Rams, right? Last season? For a a short period of time, maybe. I believe Darby was big with the Bills. Um, I feel like Darby was on the Rams last season. Ronald Darby. Didn't he get traded to the Eagles? He was traded, I believe, by the Bills to the Eagles. No, really? It doesn't look like he ever played I feel for like he was on the Rams no, for he, some reason. All right, definitely that's, been similar That's players. why. That's who I was thinking of. But he got hurt this, this weekend. Janoris Jenkins was a Ram, and he looks like Ronald Darby. Yeah? Maybe that's it. I'll give you that. Yeah, he was drafted by the Rams. Okay. Uh, God, yeah, that's so annoying. That's a big hit if you want to talk about the NFC East real quick. Uh, Not really. It's just a toss-up. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of the NFC East this year. They've, they're all trash, honestly. They really are. The no, Red- none of that team is good. None of that uh, division is good. I really only think that the Redskins' defense is anything legit. Somehow they're 6-3, and three, which is a very respectable record so far. Which I think is more so because of their defense, though. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I really, Yeah. I really don't think it's anything worth talking about they're so trash <laughs> that whole division is trash giants absolutely trash yeah yeah so no, <laughs> I, I know amari cooper's been kind of impressive for the cowboys so far but they're still oh zeke's hurdle was absurd mm. that was so cool as a guy who doesn't really like ezekiel elliott or or the cowboys at all i was really impressed by that yeah uh i'm sticking with the redskins there but i don't know i think you're right we don't need to talk about the nfc east anymore um, let's get to your final quote. Can you remind me how many points I have? Because you have two for this show. Okay, so I got two of your three quotes fully right. And what am you I have, at, 1.5? I think you have... Yeah. You have one... Yeah, 1.5, 1.5. All right, All so right. chance to win here. Okay. Uh, this is another NBA. So it's two players. Honestly, I can't describe it. It's amazing. I haven't played with a closer like that since Dirk. To have him close out games, I know how special he is on both ends. I just want to take pressure off him. This is a, this is a bit of a tough one. That is, that is really tough. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. <clears throat> um, I'm just running through like former Mavericks, um, or maybe current Mavericks. I don't know. It's rough. Like yeah, I'll admit it's rough. Um. What team is Vince Carter on right now? Uh, the Hawks. He's a starter for the Hawks. I was just like Vince and Trey Young, just to keep this quick. But uh, uh, hold on, wait, wait, wait. That, no, hold on. So that's a no on that. Yeah. One, wait, but... wait, 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 wait. I'm just thinking out loud. Hold on. Um. I have no idea. Maybe Jason Terry said it. I I don't know what team he's even on anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't want to have a no answer though. What team's Jason Terry on? Let's just give you something. Is he a buck? He's where? Where is he? Maybe retired. No, he is on the Bucks. I don't know. Just give me, give me it. All right, it is Tyson Chandler on playing with LeBron. What? Oh, okay. Tyson Chandler, oh, the man. new Laker. I'll admit that was a little tough. I it would have been. It would have been a little. I say LeBron anyway, but it would have been a little easier last week if we would have our show because I had that quote from last week. But I still think it's relevant because of the block shot Tyson Chandler had or the potential goaltending. That Tyson Chandler had oh, yeah. over the weekend uh, in their match. I'm drawing a blank on who they played. I can't remember. Might have been the Hawks, honestly. Coincidentally, it, yeah, that it might have been the Hawks. But very, very good showing from Tyson Chandler. His first game back too. He had a really good showing. Definitely taking some uh, weight off of LeBron. Getting a veteran like that um, amongst so many young, young talent on that team. 
and you know maybe someone way more experienced and in the moment and there than JaVale McGee. Yeah. So I've always liked Tyson Chandler. He was a Nick, very good Nick. And I think that he is a great counterpart to LeBron. They're both very physically gifted guys and both can some of the best dunkers that have been in the league in the past couple of years. So Tyson Chandler playing with the Lakers, what's your take on it? Um, I, I've also really liked Tyson Chandler, um, despite never being a fan of a team he's been on. Uh, well, I was rooting for the uh, 2011 Mavs when they played the Heat. Um, I I don't know. I'm I'm I think he fits really well. Wow, that was loud. Really well with um, what the Lakers need or needed, I guess. Um, and yeah, he's just kind of I think a perfect fit for that role. Now, I was thinking about your quote and to talk a little bit more about LeBron, something I don't really like doing right now. Um, he has not been a closer as of late because his free throw percentage in the clutch, so I believe that was defined by ESPN as one minute or left, less in the game, and it's like a four-point game or something. It was a really specific stat. His free throw percentage has been under 50% in the crunch time. Uh, do you think that's a fluke right now? Do you think LeBron's human and he's struggling like what, yeah, what do you take I, anything away from that? i think that there's so much weight on his shoulder not that there wasn't last year but it was a lot of veteran weight around him with the Cavs. now that he has all this young talent there's so much more placed upon him um you know he has to do the same amount of scoring and same numbers that he put up with that Cavs team and at the same time be a more vocalized leader with a team that he just got into and a team of extremely young talent so I think there's a lot more actually on LeBron's shoulders this year than last year, which is saying something because he absolutely had the weight of the world on him in that final series. Uh, regardless, this Tyson Chandler move to me seems a lot like the Rondo and the Michael Beasley ones, like totally. bringing in veteran talent that was at one time really good but not really good anymore. It's almost like LeBron wants to play with some like some of the boys back from his glory days yeah. of the league until he like can have these young players develop. So I don't know. I don't think this is anything in terms of the playoffs that'll make a big difference. I do think Tyson Chandler is a great player, but you know nothing that's going to win the Lakers a, a title this year or even project them over some of these other Western Conference teams. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I am really a seller of the Lakers as a whole. Uh, as much as I do like Tyson Chandler, I'm not a big fan of a lot of players on this team. Uh, save for, you know, Kuzma and Ingram, I like a lot. But I yeah, think Lonzo's been playing great with LeBron. Yeah, uh, he's a good fit for that play style, I guess. Um, what really takes me off is how much ESPN is forcing the Lakers down our throats, which, you know, they were doing in the past too. But you combine their two favorite things, LA Sports and LeBron James, and you will not ever stop seeing them for the rest of the year. The, the Lakers could be 10 games under 500 come the trade deadline they could be rebuilding around LeBron uh and we would still see every single Lakers game on prime time it's something that does tick me off a bit but ESPN is LA biased uh West Coast biased it's just something we have to deal with and it's fine honestly I don't really watch ESPN that much anyway anymore so it's not the worst thing except if I'm watching any basketball game we were watching the Duke game and I saw three different commercials for what they're calling the meme team which is clearly a pun off the dream team, saying that this is just a joke of a team around LeBron, but they yeah. still want us to watch. I don't know. I It's it's frustrating. Uh, as much as I respect LeBron, I am not rooting for the Lakers this year whatsoever, and I don't think they're going to get too far in the playoffs anyway. Well, I'm a huge Lonzo guy, so I really do want to see him and the Lakers do well in the future, and I think they will. I think they can definitely land at least one really solid free agent over the summer. Um, but besides that, yeah, like I really don't think there's anything special with this team. I, I can't see it happening this year, and Tyson Chandler is just going to maybe give them a few more games than they would have had. But yeah, nothing major. Something that was being talked about on Twitter today, though, I forget who said it. It was one of the ESPN hosts. was saying, does LeBron win an Emmy before <laughs> a title with the Lakers? <laughs> And I think yeah, I think he wins yeah. the Emmy first. Yeah. I think he like he can he has a bunch of shows coming out too. So like I definitely think the Emmy comes first. Yeah, a hundred percent. Honestly, um, it's it's true. We've said this in the past. Uh, LeBron moved to the Lakers for business, not for basketball. Um, and anything that comes from the Lakers while he's there is just an added plus for him. 
Uh, he's there to make money and move to Hollywood, in my opinion. Does Lonzo win a Grammy before wow. the Lakers win a title? Wow. Uh, uh, um, I, I'm a big fan of Lonzo's. Uh, I love Lonzo in, in terms of rap, too. Yeah. But I, oh man, he's not winning a Grammy. No, I was going to say. Does LeBron, all right, I think the better one is, does LeBron win an Oscar before the Lakers Dude. win a title? All right, before. Kobe won an Oscar. True. Does LeBron win an Dude, Oscar? Dude, it's certainly possible. Like, I'll say yeah. So LeBron wins an Oscar before the Lakers win a title. Because I don't think they're going to win it while LeBron's. Okay. Kawhi could come there uh, this coming off season. In our worst dreams, uh, Kevin Durant could go there next year. That is not happening. No. But there are chances that free agents decide we want to get Jimmy Butler still, right? He's not signed yeah. yet. I, so, I actually do like Jimmy Butler with the Sixers, though. I think yeah. he may end up staying there. But, yeah, so I guess he can't rule that out. But if the team stayed as it is right now, even if Kuzma and Ball and Ingram all develop a little more, uh, I would probably take LeBron's Oscar wow. in first, yeah. LeBron with an Oscar. It's possible. Did you think Kobe could win one? I could see LeBron in in a lot of different movies at this point. He could be the next, next The Rock, you know? Oh, he definitely... LeBron is going to have one of the best post-careers ever in terms of Hollywood. Uh, another guy that comes to mind is Rob Gronkowski. I think Rob, er, Gronk is going to have a great post-career. Like, that dude is going to be in everything and just about anything. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like, whereas LeBron would be more selective, I feel like Gronk just wants to, like, see himself out there. So, Actually like, true, yeah. I think Gronk will have... We'll be seeing a lot more of Gronk than once a week uh, come his post-career. Um, so besides that, all our quotes are done. Yep, so you, you got the win I today. I got the win today, which was very sketchy. I, I thought I was going to lose this one. But <laughs> uh, I gave some, I think I we, gave some. Uh, we can still do a little fake news. New segment, fake news. Going to give you a quote. You have to say whether it is real or fake. I got to prepare one next time. Uh, I, I like doing this. This is yeah, fun. Go for all it. Right. So this is Aaron Judge, and he said he absolutely deserved to win. If Jared Goff can get Halle Berry, then Andujar deserves that award. Well, that that sounds so fake, but let me talk about... Yeah, this is kind of about whether it's real or not. Jared Goff has a play called Halle Berry or something, and she, she tweeted at him about it. Uh, that's but I, There's no way Aaron Judge said that and related it to the Rookie of the Year, which we should talk about real quick. I'm going to say that's fake news. That is fake news. That just sounded like a Coleman quote. That know? is a Coleman quote. <laughs> um, it's a funny one. I just don't know if Judge would be the guy. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I figured we could talk a little about Jared Goff and Halle Berry. That was There's funny. actually betting on, odds on whether Jared Goff and Halle Berry will date. Wow. Yeah. There's some weird stuff in sports. Seriously. But, just uh, betting, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so basically Jared Goff had an audible called Halle Berry. Halle Berry reached out to him on Twitter and was like, what was that about? So uh, I like that play, and Jared Goff was like, it's my favorite play. Yeah. So Jared Goff putting in work, shooting a shot, <laughs> love to see it. Uh, so what do you think? Does Jared Goff date Halle Berry? It's a little old for him. That's it. Yeah, I'm going to say no. That's a bit of a reach. Um, but if the odds are good, I'll put a dollar down. You know, I'm going to say know. yes. Game respects game. So okay. Jared Goff, way to shoot your shot, kid. All right, yeah. And then the other side of that topic. Uh, the more vastly more important <laughs> side was Andujar getting robbed of the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, award. I mean, I, I'm, we are both Yankee fans, but I, I think Red Sox fans would agree, and just anyone. That Andujar, actually, yeah, I saw Red Sox fans tweeting about this, agreeing with uh, Hubs from Barstool, that Andujar played in clutch situations. I don't think Shohei Otani ever pitched or hit in a clutch situation, in, in a bat that mattered. Uh, while Andujar was clutched down the stretch, uh, was clearly a big part of getting us to the postseason and uh, where we ended up going. I, I think it's so frustrating. They're, they're treating Shohei Otani like he's Babe Ruth already. Uh, and I don't think he did enough to deserve anywhere near that comparison. So I say he was absolutely robbed, and Andujar really should have walked away with the hardware. Yeah, I completely agree. Andujar was definitely robbed. At the same time, like I really do like Otani. Like I think I mean, he's a really cool player. Of course, yeah. Uh, not yeah. necessarily rookie of the year, but yeah, you know, he I I do enjoy watching him. So if if Otani doesn't get hurt, and if the Angels you know, at least push for the playoffs, then there's certainly an argument for it. Uh, and honestly, I'd probably argue for him winning it. Yeah. But with, with the circumstances here at hand here, which are that Otani got hurt midway through the year and had to miss a few months. And Duhar 
earned the starting spot that he wasn't even supposed to have. It was supposed to go to Brendan Drury, who ended up getting traded midseason. Uh, and then Andujar became a clutch player down the stretch. I know he's not the best fielder at third base, but he hit super well. I don't know. I, I just think so. So what if the Yankees had beaten the Red Sox and had moved on to the World Series? Not even necessarily won. Right. Does Andujar get it then? Just based upon the Yankees as a whole doing better in the playoffs. So I think in all sports, uh, the awards are only based on the regular season, or at least they say they are. Uh, if Andujar wins like postseason MVP or like ALCS MVP as they go to the World Series, then that's probably something that's going to play into it no matter what, unless the voting does happen beforehand, which I'm not totally sure. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would like to say yes because I think he deserved it in the first place. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, just another frustrating loss for Yankees fans and for New York sports fans. This has been a hell of a week for New York sports fans. Yeah. Um, Yankees suck. Just going to throw that in there because – I don't know. There's absolutely no reason to be saying it, but true. Hey, it's that's, all what, the time that's what here. keeps happening. Yeah, so for real. Yankees suck. Yeah, apparently. Um, we've got a few more minutes, really just two. Uh, what do you want to do? Put someone on the hot seat? What, what do you got? I, I got nothing. I really, I don't know. I feel like we covered just about everything. We've had an actual We even got episode. some MLB in today. So yeah, good. without even having a quote there. Um, what do we got? Uh, college football you want to talk about? I mean, we talked about BC at the start. Yeah, uh, Clemson's overrated. Okay. The CFB uh, rankings did come out, and they all stayed the same. It's Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan. Yeah, uh, playoff rankings, uh, BC jumped two, no, I believe. dropped two to 20. Oh, wait, playoff rankings, right. I was thinking of, uh, like, the regular rankings. Oh, I don't think they jumped in anything. It probably went down. Yeah. I think they, ju- I think they dropped five in the AP, uh, and they dropped only two in the playoff poll. Uh, we're still, I, I just, okay, there's no chance now that BC makes the playoffs. I don't think we were expecting it really, but had Clemson lost to them, uh, it would have been a possibility. Now it's not. Well, we can also absolutely screw over Syracuse though, because Syracuse yes. plays Notre Dame this weekend. They, if Syracuse takes down Notre Dame, which honestly could happen. Notre Dame are has they not, a playoff team if that happens? They can't go up all the way up to top four. They would go up a lot, though. They would definitely be within the top six, I think. You take down a top three team that's undefeated, like Notre Dame, too. And they're already, they're like 12 they're already? They're 13 or 12, 13 or 12. yeah. I, I I'd, say they, I'd say they jump to like six. Six. Yeah. Okay. And then, I, and then if they take down a ranked BC team, you can yeah. easily get into that four. Yeah. Okay, they could be a playoff team if they win out. I just don't, actually, I don't know. It's Notre Dame than us. So, like, I don't know. I think BC could potentially spoil. I hope so. Their season. Though. It's gonna. That's a home game, but yeah. it's gonna be a weird one. You're gonna come back up I after Thanksgiving break. I will not be, uh, most likely. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, a lot of pressure on this BC football team, but you know we're gonna be looking to bounce back. And if we can beat Florida State on the road. Which I think is definitely possible. Florida yeah. State's been a disappointment. Yeah, Florida State's trash. And then Syracuse is going to be a great game. Uh, we're no longer unbeaten at home, but the energy here is definitely something you can't count out. Uh, do you think we'll have the same kind of presence here as a fan base, even if a lot of people are still uh, back home? Yeah, I think you can always get people to show up, especially in a ranked game where it's two ranked teams. Hopefully we'll beat Florida State. I think if we lose to Florida State, no, it won't be that great of a crowd. But if we do, like, that does have some potential to mean a lot, and especially if Syracuse wins uh, that game. I'm, I'm 100% rooting for Syracuse against Notre Dame. That would be electric. That would be yeah. such an awesome No, I would love that because then it would make our game against them that much more meaningful. Yeah. Maybe college game day comes back. Is that possible? Do they do two? I don't think so. Yeah, like I'm that sure there will be better games, but so, yeah. I'm not really down to wake up again at Yeah, no morning. way. No. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, that's that's it, really. Uh, any last hot takes, anything? Uh, no, that's about it. I think I said my fair share. I think Kevin yeah. Durant is coming to the Knicks now, though. So that's about uh, it. Leave yeah, it I, I can't, okay, we'll leave with that. Uh, we're not going to argue about that one anymore because <laughs> it's past 8 o'clock. But thank you guys so much for listening, as always. We'll be putting this up pretty soon. We both have Brizzy Weeks. I should be able to get working on it by, like, Thursday. So Perfect. Friday, the latest, it should be up. So we're awesome. getting a lot of online content out there. Keep following the Twitter. We keep doing polls and other stuff. 
Uh, we're definitely getting some guests soon. Actually, tomorrow we're both meeting with Mike Lupica. Oh, yeah. So that's really cool. Oh, shoot. We got to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a lot of stuff on the oh. way. Shout out Tom and Rinaldi and Drew Gallagher from uh, ESPN yep, Game Day. We met with College Game Day guys. Really awesome. Really great time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, big stuff happening. Even more bigger stuff to come. <laughs> Even more bigger stuff. That's Even right. more bigger stuff. All right. We'll leave you with that line. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys.